This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, horse people. This is Coach Jen, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1310, where Horses in the Morning co-host Jamie England chat with Dr. Werner from Haggard Equine in Lexington, Kentucky, about kissing spines. Today's episode is brought to you by Purina Mills. Greatness never ages, so help your senior horses live their best lives with Purina Equine Senior Horse Feed. It has Active Edge, a proprietary prebiotic proven through years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. To learn more, visit PurinaMills.com backslash equine senior today. And we have our guest here, so let's talk to her. Dr. Laura Werner is joining us, Jamie. Good morning, Dr. Werner. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys this morning? Fantastic. Well, we're here to talk to you today about kissing spine disease. And kissing spines sounds so cute and beautiful and, oh, it's so sweet, but it is not. Tell us what it is. No, it's not. Um, so kissing spine is just sort of the layman's term for um, uh, impingement of the dorsal spinous processes. So, in fact, what you're sitting on when you're on the horse's back are these kind of the protrusions of the uh, top part of the vertebrae along their um, spine of their of their thorax or chest, as well as their um, lumbar spine, sort of their lower back, basically. Um, and what happens is there's, there's four different grades of kissing spine with four being the most severe and one being the least severe. Um, but what happens is either there's significant remodeling of those vertebrae where they're so close together, um, and, or they can actually override or overlap where there's no space. And then that, that can really cause the horse problems. And especially, um, where we see it along the back, um, usually from, um, like seven or eight, um, you know, along the back and, and it's usually a lot worse where the saddle sits. So when it's affected, um, when it's underneath your saddle, those horses seem to be a lot more severely affected. Um, and there's also varying degrees of, um, you know, just horses are like people, I think, and their, um, kind of pain tolerance is, is a lot. So I've seen horses that just can't cope with the whole condition. And there's other horses that go on and, can have an athletic career, but there's some horses that just don't seem to be able to manage, um, manage with the disease. Um, it is congenital, so they are born with it, uh, but it obviously can worsen, um, you know, with age and use as well. Okay. So basically the, the, the spine, the, the, the vertebrae are too close together. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And so they're born with it. They're too close together. Um, what is it, what is it, how is it presented in the horse if they have it? Usually as, as back pain, but it can be a variety of signs. Um, some of these horses won't work at all. Some will rear, some will buck. Um, some may exhibit like a lameness as well. Um, you know, or just an unwillingness to work. There's all different signs, but more, most often back pain, um, is the most common sign that we will see. Um, they can also have loss of muscling over that area. Um, but like I said, back pain is probably the most common clinical sign. And then how is it diagnosed? 
Like my 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 horse is a jerk. Um, he's rearing. He's bucking me off. What do I do? And yeah. you come out and yeah. you say, "Oh, right." Usually we'll do um, radiographs or X-rays of the back. Um, with most portable machines, we can look at the dorsal spinous processes. Those are the part that sticks up. Um, sometimes we need a bigger machine, like that most clinics will have, because sometimes the disease can be severe enough that can spread to the joint below it or even the disc disc space in these vertebrae. So a lot of times we'll recommend um, these horses come to the clinic to get the bigger machine um, radiographs so we can evaluate the entire back, not just the part that's sticking up. But a lot of times I'll just do the part that's sticking up as kind of a screening process, like how bad is it? How bad is bad? You know? Um, and then for a more thorough diagnosis, obviously, um, we recommend them coming to the clinic with a, a much larger, um, pow- more powerful machine where we can get the entire bodies of those vertebrae as well as the disc space and such and evaluate those structures as well. Is there something that occurs in the lameness? Okay. My horse is off. He is rearing. He's bucking a little bit. You, I say, I need you to come out and tell me what's wrong with my horse. You come out and I mean, I'm assuming like a typical lameness exam would be, let's see him move and let's see flexion. Is there something that sets off to you like, oh, this is kissing spine, or is it just, we're going to try to rule out everything? How does it work? Sure. And and sometimes it's not just the kissing spine that they have. I mean, some of these horses do have other problems. So often it is, you know, sorting everything out. But when I see a horse that's painful on palpation on the back, has a lack of muscling along the back, um, sometimes we can watch the horse, obviously, when it's loose on the lunge line versus under saddle. Or even um, sometimes we'll use a surcingle or a weighted surcingle to kind of mimic the area of a saddle and see if the horse moves differently or acts differently when there's weight versus no weight. Um, Or, like I said, um, you know, evaluating the horse just, like I said, with no rider, no weight on the back. See if it moves freely then. And then when there's a rider or or the saddle or something else, um, something else that we'll see will go... um, you know, to evaluate that back further. But a lot of times, like I said, clinical signs that the horses continue to have um, severe pain on palpation on the back. Um, and especially in, we see it a lot more commonly, I think, in the thoroughbred breeds or thoroughbred crossbreeds. And so um, I'm more clinically inclined to x-ray those guys for the kissing spine versus a more warm blood type horse. Um, we see it a lot more commonly, like I said, in the thoroughbred or thoroughbred crossbreeds than more uh, warm blood type breeds. Why is that, you think? I don't know, again, congenital, but a lot of the warm bloods just have a stronger top line. They seem to have better muscling along their, their back, and they're just, you know, they're, um, they often naturally use their back and their back end a lot more. Um, and so thoroughbreds is almost a little harder. They're just not bred to do that. You know, they're not bred to be as natural at that gait sort of that we would like them to do as a, as a jumping horse or dressage horse or, or a venture. Um, they have to work a little harder at it. So I feel like we just see it in those guys. And I don't as naturally have a, such a nice top line as well as a, a bigger warm blood. You see them where they're, you know, you look at a warm blood where it's very well muscled over its whole back and, and croup and everything. And you see the thoroughbreds are generally a little bit slighter over that. Um, and so I don't mm-hmm. know. I just find the warm bloods can kind of compensate a little bit better, I find, because they have that more muscular support versus the, uh, a thoroughbred doesn't have the same muscling quite that a, the warm blood does. So I see it much more a problem in my thoroughbred or cross patients. 
Okay, so I've got this horse that has kissing spine. He's a he's a thoroughbred that um, you know I've had for a while, and he just keeps getting worse. And now I bring him to you, and I say, "Can you fix him? What do you do?" Sure. Okay. Well, there's a lot of different options. First, I make sure that your saddle fits. So that's one thing. I think um, if your saddle's poorly fitting, that can really exacerbate the the symptoms. Okay. So that's sort of the first thing is work with your saddle fitter and ideally your veterinarian um, at the same time to make sure your saddle fits properly um, because that's pretty key, especially if the affected area is under or around the saddle. Um, Next thing, there's, there's several different treatments that we can do. So, um, you know, sometimes we'll start out with chiropractic or, um, acupuncture sort of, um, alternative type therapies. Um, then kind of the next stage up, we will go to, um, injections of the back. So we'll inject around those affected areas as well as the joints and the interspinous ligament. So the ligament that's between those vertebrae, we'll treat those areas. Um, there's also a technique called mesotherapy that we use. Um, and it works on, um, it's a technique developed in France. It's been around for a long time. Um, and it kind of works on some sort of like acupuncture points somewhat to alleviate pain. Um, that's a great technique too. Um, there are also surgical options, um, that have been, um, more popular somewhat of recent. So originally a surgical technique, we'd actually cut out, one or every other one um, of the affected to, to vertebrae, um, the dorsal spines there to relieve that pressure. There's been some newer, and that's the problem is with that is would leave, you know, again, under the saddle it would leave a big scar, a big defect. And so some of these horses would still remain painful because of the surgical area being right under the saddle. So generally that technique has kind of fallen out of favor. Um, there are newer techniques that involve um, a less invasive technique to cut the ligament between the vertebrae and see if that alleviates some of that um, rubbing or overriding of those spines. Um, Another newer technique is just shaving down the areas that um, are kissing essentially or overriding or overlapping. Um, That's probably the newest technique. I haven't done one. I've usually been able to manage mine without surgery. Um, There's, some very well veterinarians and anatomists um, in Europe and, and he's a little dubious of the surgery, I guess. I think the most other thing too, that's most important and it is, you know, well published, um, you know, with either medical and or surgical treatment of the horse is to make sure the physical therapy part of that horse is important to do afterwards. So we recommend working these horses in one of those PSOA systems. I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with that sort of rigging training device. So what that does is it helps the horse round its back and engage its core. So by rounding its back, it's going to open up those spaces as much as possible. And by engaging the core, then we're using the other horse's abdominal muscles to sort of help support the whole system. And much like in humans, same thing with us, back pain, everyone's always like, use your core or you need to work on your core. Same thing with these horses. So that's probably one of the most important things that I will incorporate into a horse with a kissing spine is that normally maybe where they'd be ridden five or six days a week, I'll go ahead and mm-hmm. encourage them to use this PSOA rigging and substitute that for once or twice a week instead of the riding so they can work under this. And again, that's a pretty essential part. Even after the surgery is performed, um, the horses will be worked in that PSOA rig solely for, for several weeks after the surgery. So 
regardless of what the treatment is that, you know, like I said, the physical therapy and that PSOA rig system seems to be a very critical portion of the whole uh, rehab process. So this is not, um, so, so a horse can have kissing spine and not have, it's not a death sentence. It's not a sentence of you can never ride this horse again, or he's going to be a pasture ornament. This is something that can be no, managed no. and can, Right. And, and, and not, and I have horses that, you know, the radiographs don't look that different and we have some that we can manage. And I have some other horses that just don't seem to be able to cope, but much like humans, you know, um, some people can cope with a few aches and pains and move on in their, you know, life or athletic career kind of, um, you know, I deal with aches and pains every day. Um, my husband, maybe he's not as uh, adept at dealing with little aches and pains. So, uh, there's a lot of individual variation, um, amongst the horses as much as there is amongst humans. So I like um, your I very find, sweet um, way of saying men are wimps. Hey, I heard that. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. That I can't correlate that to horses. I haven't done that, but there is a lot of individual <laughs> variation, I would say. Um, like uh, some horses that seem to be able to cope. Um, I've had horses, uh, you know, get to the four star level in eventing with it. And I've had other horses. We can barely get to, you know, a beginner novice competition, you know, so um, it seems to be somewhat individually dependent. Um, but usually we will try all these therapies first, you know, obviously try as much as we can. Um, but then, you know, sometimes, like I said, whatever we do just unfortunately doesn't, doesn't help these horses move on past that behavior. Gotcha. Yeah. So it sounds like, so, so it's, it's good news and bad news. I will tell you that now my back hurts. And, uh, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm paranoid. Have so work on your core strength. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dr. Werner, thank you so much. This is like such an interesting thing and uh, I'll definitely be doing some more reading on it. And I'm assuming we can find more information and contact you if we need to at haggard.com. That's H A G Y A R D.com. Uh, if anybody has any more questions or needs information about it. Well, there you have it. This this podcast was made possible through the generous support of Purina Mills and listeners like you. You can become an auditor and help support Horse Radio Network programming. Go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the Become an Auditor banner. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show.